This is Mental, the podcast that destigmatizes mental health. I'm Bobby Timms. I'm Annie Harris. Each Thursday, we delve into a factor or condition that influences the mind and how to better manage it. With special guests and stats you can trust, here we go. This very special episode, we're looking back at 2018 in our end of year review. So first off, because you all know I love stats, I've got a few stats about how the podcast has grown. So first off, in total, all episodes of the podcast so far are approximately 1,800 minutes long, which equates to 30 hours of content. It's a little bit crazy to imagine that 30 hours of me interviewing guests about mental health is out there and exists. That's not just 30 hours, though. That's 30 hours of edited content. That's not the actual time I, that yeah, you I, spent doing it. I don't even want to think <laughs> how long it took to make 30 hours. I was going to say, well, I mean, the episodes, I would say, are at least double. So that's 60 hours of interviewing. And then that's... What did we say yesterday? We were saying about how... 40 minutes of content takes us a few days a week it, it to get sorted. It might be 10 hours a week. Yeah, for one episode. between us, we so put that's into each 600 episode. hours of work, approximately. <laughs> 525,600 minutes. Uh, Annie, I always love your maths. Thanks, babe. Um, that's the only maths I know. <laughs> also, I took a look at uh, listening audiences. And so the five biggest are the UK, the United States... Ireland, Australia, and Canada. Ooh. So basically, all English-speaking countries like us. I'm, of course, going to blame Annie for that with her inaccessible English wit. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't translate very well at all. <laughs> but no, that's, that's interesting. After those five most popular, I think the next five are all non-English-speaking countries. That's so, interesting. But are so they, they're still very much there. Do you know what the countries they are? Mainly in Europe. Still. Yeah, so countries that will learn English at school, so maybe they're using them to learn or improve their English. Yeah, I did have in the very early days of the podcast, I had someone reach out from Thailand, I believe, and wow. she listened to it and she was like, she wrote, was saying like, oh, my English isn't so good, blah, blah, and you could tell with how she wrote it, but she was like, I just had to say, you know, this is really like help me like wow. feel more okay about my mental health it's really not talked about here in thailand i was gonna say in a culture like thailand and, yeah and i've got my parents to listen to it and now they're more understanding and i was like oh. and this was maybe three weeks in so that was like my first real this is this is it we're on the right track we're doing yeah. a good thing here yeah bobs i didn't know that That's so lovely. yeah so it is so lovely to see like the little flurries of people all over the world Particularly as far as Australia, I've, I've no prospects of visiting Australia anytime soon. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. it's so nice that all that way they're, they're oh, tuning in. I'll hopefully be going for like the comedy festivals and stuff in the next few years. So I'll uh, go and hit them up. You all going to wrap us? Yes, I will. Good eye. <laughs> Everything I learned, I learned from neighbours. I don't... <laughs> So it's probably like an imaginary accent. It's not even like regional. No, it's, it's just very, a TV it's accent. Very, I also dated a girl from Melbourne, so I think it's good. And I've got many friends from New Zealand, so uh, I know they're not the same. Sorry, Australian listeners. I think I often hear that You're my... You're digging yourself a hole. Yeah, my Australian accent apparently is a mix of an Australian and a Kiwi accent. Um, I need to be more educated as to what that actually is. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. I sorry. think you've just proved my point. Yeah. But moving on... <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that was interesting was of our 10 most popular episodes, most are on specific mental illnesses rather than episodes where we talk about factors in mental health. That's curious. Yeah. Interesting. I so I, I wonder if perhaps it's a good starting point. So if mm. you have experience of mental illness yourself or someone you know does, and that's one of the reasons you're coming to the podcast. Sure. Maybe you start with the one that you have or know about. Yeah, maybe. And then you kind of branch out to factors from there. Yeah, I guess so. I think a lot of our factual or factor, sorry, a lot of our factor episodes end up being sort of more like opinion pieces. Really, we're sort of talking about experiences and talking about feelings, whereas with the illness or the sort of the um, conditions episodes that we have, they're more about this is this and this is how it affected my life, you know, so... Perhaps yeah. something in that. They're airing slightly more on the scientific side. Yes, definitely. That's interesting. We've got it is. So that's something that certainly going forward we'll look to cover even more mental illnesses mm. than ever before and what really our, expand on that. What are our listeners coming here to hear from us? Yeah, but mm. it's nice that the others are doing well as well. Liv mm. still 
Partly because she's had two episodes. Holds a crown for most <laughs> lessons. Queen Liv. I mean, she does have an unfair advantage considering she's had two episodes, but... But they are both doing very well. Sorry. So one of them, I believe the medication episode is in the top ten as well. Oh, fantastic. What a lovely topic to have in the top ten as well. Mm, absolutely. And so, yeah, I just wanted to highlight a few stats. Um, hopefully we'll learn from those and make an even better podcast in the new year. You always tease me about Conspiracy Corner and Population Pocket or whatever we started calling it. <laughs> I've literally started calling it Population Pocket now, but you are obsessed with stats. Like, we all have our little obsessions. I, I, I feel like, yes, I've... I've Slice of stats. <laughs> I've dragged you into that territory yeah, by talking yeah, stats so much. Yeah, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> Conspiracy Corner, I think, is one of my favourite parts. Anyway, sorry, I'll shut up. Carry on with your slice of stats. That's actually it. I'm, I'm all done. I'm statted out. And so that leads rather nicely into talking to you. And we're going to do a very mini interview with both you and our producer Pete in a moment. Whoop, whoop. I'm not sure if we've ever properly told the story of how we met on the podcast. No, I don't think that we have. That seems like a good intro. Yeah, right. I mean, do you want to lead or shall I? You know what? I, I will. <laughs> okay. Normally I do this sort of thing via interpretive dance, but unfortunately our listeners can't see that. So you're just going to have to use the power of your words. Yep, although we do have some fun video announcements <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Were you laughing at Sorry. me? <laughs> you were like, just sort of stared at me blankly for like three seconds and you were like, yep, but um, <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> I was doing a beautiful segue to to drop a hint that we will be talking about something video-wise later in the episode. Ooh, the tea's golden gets spilled. <laughs> um, but before then, yeah, let's talk about how we met. So I was starting off the podcast. I knew that I needed some support, particularly being a fan of stats. I needed some help researching things. What the listeners may not know is that for every episode, we put together a whole research pack. Um, Annie puts together a whole research pack. I was like, pack. we. <laughs> I was like, I. <laughs> I do my own research as, in addition to that as True. well. But um, it's a really good way of getting a written down summary that I can prep with and that we can read before doing our intro together. Mm -hmm. And that's where we pluck my favourite stats from as well. Or if I found any in my own research. I'm the stat hunter. You are the stat hunter. And so I knew I needed someone for that, partly with my dyslexia. I'm not so suited to research always. <laughs> and so I got in touch with a agency who hire out assistants from all over the country, specifically virtual assistants. And Annie was one of the many friendly faces <laughs> that they suggested. However, Annie had the advantage in that in researching for a show that she put on in Brighton, Warrior, she was listening to loads of podcasts, spotted us. Did you tell me that a friend told you about it? Uh, I think somebody, I can't even remember who it was now, so I don't even want to try and drop that. But I remember being told to check out because they thought that there was a, they thought that there was a new mental health mm -hmm. theme podcast on the block. They were like, oh, I can't remember, probably just called Mental or something like that. <laughs> I remember listening to it on a walk and thinking, yeah, quite like that. It's pretty cool. Then I think about a week later, got an email from the agency and said, hey, do you want to work for them? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, like, absolutely. And that was very much the tone of Annie's response. So they each had to <laughs> submit a formal response. Just eschewing and professional boundaries straight away. And the other ones were all like, oh, you know, I've got skills in this, this and this. And Annie was like, listen to the podcast. Really love it. You're so cool. Hey, honey, listen up, Kay. Like, <laughs> I have mental illness, so I'm obviously perfect. You like, need me, babes. <laughs> um, and luckily for her, I agreed. <laughs> and we, we really hit it off talking on the phone straight away. And so ever since you've been working mainly remotely from Brighton, but mm -hmm. obviously recordings like today you're up here in in the flesh mm -hmm, absolutely Lucky I come us. up yeah <laughs> I come up just to check in and hang out with my podcast fam and uh, we always end up getting some sort of delicious food as well so it's partially that it all comes out now you're just here for the food <laughs> 
I mean, I don't think many of our listeners would disagree. They'd be like, yeah, I would do that as well. Like, I'm going for the food. I think they're very loyal to me. I, I think they're very... I, I, they, they're not mutually exclusive things. You can be loyal to, to you and also want you to pay for food for them. So that's not a thing that can exist without the other. Thank you, Annie. Let's let's continue offering out food from me to all of our listeners. Yeah, if you uh, give us that. a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Bobby will personally deliver a pizza to your house. <laughs> Pete's trying not to laugh. Look at him. <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> All right, so that's originally how we met. And so ever since you've got more and more involved in the podcast, we've just done a interview on someone else's show yep. where you described yourself as climbing like a cat into my life. Yeah, climbing like up the trouser leg like a kitten. <laughs> just like, let me involve myself in your life, please. Um, but no, it's it's been really fun getting to know you better through the show Aww. and becoming ever more unprofessional in our relationship. It's, uh... <laughs> boundaries? What boundaries? We don't have boundaries. We don't need those. Um, but no, it has been a lot of fun. And Annie, of course, is great to bring a bit of the humour yeah. to my... Because you're horribly boring. My newsreader <laughs> style approach. Oh, bless you. I like the way that you speak on the podcast. I find it incredibly soothing. I know I give you crap for it all the time, but it's because you're like one of my best friends. Like you wouldn't be my best mate if I didn't give you shit from time to time. You know, you've got to hear it. Um, but I love the way that you so speak. So it's like opposite, not keep your enemies close. It's chat shit to your friends. <laughs> give your friends all you, the, the best you can, uh, yeah, the best you can give. Now I find your voice very soothing. Um, I find it super relaxing like I'll listen to mental often catch up on the podcast when I'm doing something quite sedative so like housework or washing up or something because it just really sits in that tone really nicely um although I, I did used to start listening to them when I was falling asleep but then I realized that I actually probably should be listening to them and listening to all of them properly instead of falling asleep halfway <laughs> through and then pretending I'd listen to the full episode um so yeah now I do it mostly in the mornings um and it's always nice just kind of that it's almost part of my routine now to kind of get up and put the kettle on and press play. And while the kettle's boiling, I hear boop, 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 boop. And I'm like bothering around the kitchen to you being like, this is mental. I'm like, it is. Oh, do you want to hear something embarrassing I do? When I listen back to it, even for editing purposes, I always listen to the intro because I love it. But without even consciously doing it, I like lip sync along to it or I say it <laughs> I with myself. Well. I do that as well. I do that for you are enough. I do that and uh, I, yeah I definitely do that for sure hopefully it's not just us hopefully there's plenty of listeners I'm going to start asking people be like <laughs> do you say the you are enough bit too that's actually something I'd, I'd really love to do with live events one day is mm. record it where we get an audience <gasps> to say you are enough that would be amazing that we, would give me chills that would give me full body chills as they say on the Crime Junkie podcast <laughs> have you ever heard of that have you ever seen it I've, I've seen it I've not listened Oh, it's so good. And that's where we'll end about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's not go on a whole anecdote about yeah. something I haven't listened to. <laughs> so no, it's been so much fun getting to know you better, getting into the podcast, getting to know me better. Mm. I didn't come into this to understand myself, but yeah. I've learned so much. And the thing that struck me the most is how this podcast has elevated how I prioritise mental health. Mm. So I think it was on the back burner of my priorities far more than it should have been. And it's only through doing this where I'm now more actively engaging in conversations and yeah. checking on friends more than I would have. So you say you've got to practice what you preach, you know? Yeah, I'm not out here trying to be a hypocrite. Nope. And, and equally, so many people have opened up to me in my personal life about what they're going through mm. who never would before. Sometimes it takes that first step that you need to give people the permission by talking about your own experience. Sure. And then they're like, oh, actually, I've, I can contribute to that conversation too. And so for you, has there been anything in particular that's really stuck out to you or surprised you about being part of this show? Yeah, I think the thing that's really stuck out to me is how much people believe that I'm a good person when they find out that I work for a mental health awareness podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm joking. Um, people, I tell people what I do, and they're like, God, that's such a great thing to do. I was like, yeah, I am actually a terrible person deep down. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, the thing that sticks out to me the most is how much it's taken off. I have been part of projects in the past, various different things. I won't go into too much detail. 
And I've never been part of a project that has progressed in the way that you would expect it to um, or hope it to straight away. You know, I've been part of shows and events and all sorts of things, and I've never been part of something that's just struck a chord so concisely and so perfectly. Um, And it's a real privilege to be part of a project that taps into what people want Mm. um, and really taps into the heart of what they want. I think that's the first thing I'm always struck by. Um, and people do say lovely things. You know, people say, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a comedian and I also work in education and I also work part time for a mental health podcast. And they say, wow, you know, usually they say, you've got a busy life. And I say, yes, but like, that's a really amazing thing to do. And then I sort of stop and I reflect and I go, you know what? Yeah, it is. And I'm more than happy to hold my hands up and say, I absolutely love this job and I love what we do. And I love the things. I love how it affects people. I love how it resonates with people. Like I hadn't heard the thing about the woman in Thailand before. And that has just made my absolutely made my day if we can just reach one person and encourage them to get help then you're laughing because you're like i hope not <laughs> i want more views than that um well that's what i always say because i know because it, it is a bit of a cliche that if I it is a massive person, cliche but cliches and i am uh, feverishly ambitious so cliches like, exist one hundred thousand <laughs> cliches exist because they're true one million they cliches and stereotypes exist because they are true not always for good mm. But cliches exist because they're true. If we can just reach one person and improve their life just a tiny bit, then I feel like I've... I've got some good news for you. Oh. We already have. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Many one persons. Many, many one persons. (laughs) I have another one for you, actually. I I may have told you this already, but I remember another one that really struck me was the first person that emailed, and she finished the email by saying, now I've got a reason to look forward to Thursdays. That really got me. Bless her. But no, I'm so I'm so glad a that you're enjoying it, but also b the positive response you're having from people because yeah. I'm kind of intense. I'm not really convinced that people would disapprove to my face of me doing this podcast yeah. anyway. But it's so lovely to hear that people are having such a positive response to you as well Mm. and that shows me that progress is being made yeah the stigma is reducing that they hear that and they're straight away like that's good we need that they understand why we need that yeah absolutely so that's really fun and it's been so lovely to have this as a way to start more conversations about mental illness because i'm not going to be there like oh when i was whatever i was diagnosed with depression discuss Whereas yeah. if I mention the podcast, then the same kind of conversation does ensue. All right, so we'll wrap up with you there, Annie, and I'm going to swap over and speak to Pete briefly. Very Pete, exciting. Pete, 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 Pete. I'm really excited for Pete. I'm <laughs> we're, always excited. we're Pete's biggest fans. I'm always excited for Pete. Like Pete turns up, I'm like, Pete, I'm so happy to see you. I run up to him, I jump all over him, I lick his face like a dog. Well, Pete's really the unsung hero of this podcast. He is. Because you have some sometimes some pretty shoddy uh, audio. It does, it's not always Ooh. ideal. Every day is a school day. Mental. I, I do. Desynthesize mental health. <laughs> I do a lot of mumbling for you to fix. Mumbling, ums, ahs. You know. Yeah, trailing Mickey off Mouse. at the end of sentences. And he's heavy breathing mm-hmm. from all of her <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do love it though. So I feel like we should start off with a kind of introduction into who you are, because people know Annie. Mm -hmm. They don't know all the wonderful editing work you do on the show. Yeah, I'm the silent partner. So I spend my time between editing this podcast, working in a secure mental health unit, and then doing other bits of freelance audio work and producing music and DJing as well. And besides that, I've got a disabled partner, so I spend a lot of time looking after her as well. Yeah, yeah. it's it's an ongoing trend. You have to be pretty busy to work on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. If you're not struggling to run the rest of your life, I'm not going to give you more work. Yeah. <laughs> it's very counterintuitive like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps me busy, but everything sort of feeds into each other anyway with the audio and the mental health side of things, so it works really well. Yeah, me. well, that's it. You have as many conversations about mental health every week as I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how do you find balancing those different roles? It's interesting. I mean, like, I do quite enjoy it because they, obviously the subjects cross over rather than me just editing some stuff that's completely unknown to me, mm. which is what I've spent years doing before in, like, a freelance basis. So I'll just be 
editing stuff, I've got no idea what context it's in, where it's yeah. come from. It might be from America, the, uh, Australia, India, whatever. Sometimes I've even edited stuff that I don't even understand the language for. Um, so it's literally just like picking and choosing the bits that you know are wrong and just trying to fix the audio. But like, it's really nice to have something that is related to what I do in my other day-to-day life as well. And hopefully the fact that you actually know us, unlike mm. us, some of the editing you do makes it a bit more... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, It's nice to actually be involved from, from the start to the finish rather than just having my little bit and then not seeing what the actual project ends up as, which is a lot of yeah. time I'll end up doing. Yeah, because of course that's something you won't know listening to the podcast at home is that Pete's in for every recording session. And so generally he's the first opinion I get on what I say, how an intro goes, how a guest interview goes. And so it's really nice to have you there as that feedback loop. That's it, yeah. Rather than you just talking to a mic by yourself. Well, that's it because it is funny when I talk to other podcasters as this sensation of very much talking out into a void yeah and so it is really important i think to build a community directly around you not just the general community and i think Mm. that's why a lot of podcasts fizzle out because they're speaking into a void the listener numbers are going up but they're not seeing the real impact the growth really as well absolutely and when we're here with not only a podcast here to try and be successful and reach as many people but also we have a cause behind it yeah and so it's extra important seeing the impact definitely yeah it's really interesting for me to actually speak to some people that are dealing with sort of mental health issues on um on like the outside on a street level sort of thing whereas the majority of the contact that i would have with people with these sort of issues would be in in my other work which is the secure environment which is usually very far down the road of like the mental Mm -hmm. health condition that they've got or they've ended up becoming in trouble with the law or something like that and it's very hard to sort of see the people that they were and it's really nice to see people that are actually coping with these conditions they're on you know living regular lives yeah i get to see that firsthand here rather than the end of the road where perhaps they're too uh, sometimes they're too far gone yeah and i think that's pretty universal as something you have to be careful about in workplaces is how it changes your perspective Mm -hmm. like having worked in fraud I had a lot of people around me that were convinced fraud was everywhere. And I was like, but you know how many customers this bank has and how Mm -hmm. many we actually deal with in this department. That's it, yeah. But because that's what they're dealing with every day, they can get this warped vision. Yeah, Um, So I can imagine that can be pretty trying when you're dealing with people that are in their darkest place with mental illness Mm. and then they start getting better and then you don't see them anymore absolutely yeah yeah that's it they'll move to low secure and to rehab and i won't really see them because i'll I'll spend most of my time on the medium secure board but yeah i I enjoy it anyway but it's nice to have that that balance and have both sides of it and is there anything in terms of working on this that's kind of really surprised you or any kind of realizations you've had yourself off the back of these conversations you know what it's, it's probably made me uh, assess my own mental health a bit more I, I think it's probably just shown me that i'm actually more stable than i thought i was mm. um i have quite a lot of stresses in my life from different things and we speak to a lot of people here that the stresses have got to a certain point and, it, and you know they've ended up having a breakdown or needed some support of some sort and i think before starting this i was never really sure whether i fitted into one of that sort of category or if I was one of these super stable people you know I, I know that it's a spectrum anyway there's not really there's never those super stable people at all really but I think I guess ne- I, I never really knew and I always had that suspicion that perhaps I had some deep-seated depression or you know I've, I've suffered with like anxiety and stuff in the past but nothing I would class as, as very major mm. um, and talking to a lot of the people that we've had on here um, you can just see how it's more difficult. A lot of people do have it and how we all cope with it differently. So I, th- I think it's just made me assess my own mental health a lot better, really. Yeah, absolutely. I find for similar reasons it quite reassuring <laughs> that I could have got a lot worse because yeah. particularly with the world we live in, with the amount of stigma we're trying to shift mm-hmm. with this show, it's easy to get very introverted with mental illness mm-hmm. and start thinking your experience is everyone's experience yeah and so when i've been at my very worst it's easy to be like this is the worst it gets yeah. and actually it's quite nice to hear that yeah uh, i'm not the worst but then, by any you know, it's always the worst to you your problems right. are always the biggest problem and you, 
the worst thing that you've been through is your sort of is your barometer, isn't mm. it? Of like where you know that that's the most stressful thing you've been through in your life. But until you've been through something through something harder than that, it's very hard to judge that. So yeah. like. Sometimes you'll see people moaning about their problems and you think that's really trivial, but it's just to them, that's the biggest thing in their world, you know? Absolutely. And you're very much getting a unique insight into that in the secure unit you work in because Mm. people are literally in captivity. So their world is shrunk by the introversion that mental illness can can give us this mm-hmm. point in the arrow inwards and then yeah. they're also in a very small environment yeah the environment uh, contributes to that definitely yeah yeah i get claustrophobic in there and i get to leave at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah it's not easy um mm. but something i relate to you a lot about is i feel like through what we've been through we've both had to at times rise above it and prioritize other people mm-hmm. definitely yeah and you have you know responsibilities at home you have responsibilities at work I'm probably your least responsibility, but <laughs> yeah. I will have no less of a meltdown if we don't have an episode on time. Is anything more serious? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all very straightforward with you. It's fine. That's, it's fine. That is reassuring to know. But no, that's something I can relate to a lot on that we've had to step up at points in our lives and think these people need my support or I need to take the lead on this. Yeah. And I found a lot doing this show. It's taught me that actually... I need to be a priority too, and I thought mm-hmm. I was. And then this shows me that I wasn't as much as I thought I was. Mm, yeah, I think I need to think about that a bit more, to be honest. <laughs> like, carve out some free time somewhere. That'd be good. Yeah, ob- obviously not dropping this podcast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Mm. Um, well, no, it's been really nice to uh, to have you on the show so the listeners have an idea of the man behind the audio magic. Absolutely. Thanks very much. All right. So now we've got the whole family team slash team slash family. So looking back at 2018 and all the crazy number of episodes and interviews we did, how do we feel it went overall? I loved it. I had a really great time. I, you know, I've said already in this episode so far about how it's affected me and how much it's changed my life uh, for the better. So yeah, I just wanted to open up and be like, I love you guys. Oh, love you. So cute. He's going red. Oh, that's him. <laughs> All right. He says, nervously twiddling the buttons. <laughs> it's safe space. <laughs> I twiddle buttons after my job. <laughs> I am button twiddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pete, I know my place here. He really got the short straw in today's recording because he's still doing all the episode monitoring. Yeah, while I'm spe- well, I'm not doing any speaking, though, am I? The thing. But see, if you speak, you still need to watch yourself via <laughs> yeah. the wavelength. Watch yourself. <laughs> That's one thing that the few times we've had to do international guest interviews and they haven't had a a, a webcam. Mm. And so I end up seeing a person and listening to them via audio levels rather yeah. than mm. face. It's so surreal. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember when I met, we met and we met on the phone and I hadn't seen a picture of you and I didn't realise how young you were. So I thought... You were much older. Like I thought you were. Sort of <laughs> you still don't know how old. I well, am. you're either 15 or an ageless vampire. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still don't know how old Bobby is. He refuses to tell me, which is his decision, and that's fine. <laughs> but he's, you know, he looks like a young person. Let's put it that way. Good he looks hair. like a person in his 20s. So let's leave it there. But I thought when we first met, I thought you were a lot older. I thought you were in your 40s, 50s. And then when I saw a picture of you, I was like, oh, he's not that unless he's an ageless vampire. But I kind of feel like you can tell to a certain extent someone's age based on their voice. Do I sound 40s, 50s? Um, I don't know. I think I did. you did it first, but I think it's just because you were so sincere and so, I don't want to say severe. Severe is the wrong word, <laughs> but like so genuine, I think is the word I'm looking for. And so... Very um, professional as well. Professional, though. yeah, and oh, matter of fact, nice. I think. Yeah. It's very hard to judge. You think he's somewhere between 20 and 50. Yeah. <laughs> but without meeting you. Yeah. 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 He does have the face of a child. I mm. wonder how many people are surprised the brain of meeting me <laughs> to be guest interviewed. But I, I, one thing that's really interesting when we do the guest interviews is no matter how good I do my job, there's always the first bit where it takes us a while to get into it mm. before they proper kind of drop into the emotion and they're really going from storytelling to actually opening up opening up and connecting and, and telling new stories or retelling them for the first time. Mm. And that's a really important part of my job as the interviewer is 
not just getting them to trot out the same lines they're used to saying, but mm. actually one of the most interesting things to listen to is people having, you know, realisations and noticing certain trends in their life for the first time. Yeah, that is really fascinating to watch, actually, and to listen to, certainly. We were saying earlier on about how it's really interesting to watch people do something they really enjoy. It's also really fascinating to watch someone realise something and have an epiphany. No, I do really love it. I I didn't even think I would like interviewing that much, but I, I really enjoy it. And oh, good. Because <laughs> you're stuck now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's too late now. I've committed to this. One thing I was saying to some other guests we recorded with today mm. was that one of the surreal things for me when meeting the guests for the first time, most of the time it is the first time I've met them. Yeah. And we pretty much go straight into recording. Mm. And so I'm getting to know them via their, their life history and... Um, illness they've been through and all these really quite personal things sure. yet their whole context for getting to know me is me as an interviewer and so I then often feel the need to be like oh yeah let's go for a coffee soon because I want to have the chance to talk to them like a normal person yeah, yeah like a bit of aftercare <laughs> yeah. almost but they don't know any better they just mm. think I'm always asking such interrogative questions well we're very lucky <laughs> to have people who are naturally very open and not afraid to speak up about their mental health because if they're coming on our podcast then they've already got a level of courage i suppose yeah, they've reached that of, point where i yeah, can talk about it absolutely mm. i agree so i think it's not that i'm sort of taking away from the fact that you're a brilliant interviewer and you make people feel comfortable <laughs> like actually it's them not you <laughs> i think there's a bit of give and take no i think it's a bit it's a 50 50 isn't it? it's a bit of give and take i think we've been very lucky with some very transparent and very courageous guests mm. right yeah and that's that's important two things there first of all obviously it's so important to make them feel comfortable and so I actively soften myself quite a lot. Mm. I wonder to what extent people that don't know me notice that in the intros that we may have a bit more banter, you and I, but then I try and soften up for the guest. Yeah, maybe. Be a bit more reassuring. Sure. Um, but also it's, it is important to me that we err on the side of positivity with the podcast always. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to have guests that that have that inspiration factor as well. It could very easily be a podcast with people just complaining about all their problems, couldn't it? And be very yeah. depressing for everyone, but it's actually not. It's actually quite uplifting a lot of the time. Yeah. You meet these people at the point where they're ready to talk about things, so it's like you usually get to see like a bit of a curve and you see sort of the upward swing, which is really cool. It's nice to watch, mm. isn't it? It's super empowering, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. And I can see it as I'm interviewing them as well. I can mm. see how their kind of tone changes. They loosen how... up a bit. They really yeah. do. It's fascinating and it's mm. an insight that I never would otherwise have. Mm. You know, what other scenarios would I get to have these conversations and find out so much from people I've, I hardly know yet? Yeah, it's like you're immediately gone past all the small talk. Yeah. Suddenly you're just into like the interesting And stuff. that's really nice to yeah. see because one of the things we're pushing for in next year quite a lot is to have repeat guests. Personally, as someone who avidly listens to podcasts myself... I love hearing repeat guests because you look forward to them. I love that, like, where are they now stuff. Like, I always, whenever I watch a documentary, the first thing I do, if I realise it, it was filmed more than, like, a year ago, I'm like, where are they now? Kitchen Nightmares 2000. (laughs) I have to know, like, how is that hotel in Alabama doing? Absolutely. I find that really interesting. All right, Geogun. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I, I do find that really interesting, and it's... So many of the guests I've got really close to now having done the show. And so I have people all over the country yeah. I can go visit. And we have this kind of connection, which was established over a relatively short yeah. space of time. It's, I'm, I'm realising, as I say, it, how ideal this is for me, because I hate small talk. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like speed friending. Right? Yeah, yeah, speed bonding. Let me understand everything about you in an hour. Go. I think there's a place for small talk, but I don't think that place is here. Well, yeah, I, I make a concerted effort to small talk before we go on air and make yeah. them feel comfortable. I'll just go in dry. So we'll move straight on. So we thought what would be fun would be to look back at some of the episodes that have affected us m- most personally. Because obviously for the listeners, for people I know that... I'm lucky to have give me loads of feedback on the podcast. Different things will resonate with each of us. And so we're going to each pick a different episode that particularly impacted us in a certain way. 
So first off, most moving episode, Annie? Yeah. For me, the most moving episode was episode 21, which was all about postnatal depression with the amazing Amy Steele. That was the first episode where I had a little cry (laughs) during the interview. I was just chilling out on the sofa while she was recording and I suddenly found myself being overwhelmed with gratitude and empowerment and just joy for Amy and how she's so beautifully and graciously shed. And what she's now doing is turning her experience into positive goodness for other people suffering the same thing. Um, Amy works for funkypigeon.com and she has designed the UK's largest range of mental health cards, mm-hmm. which we were very graciously gifted when she arrived. And I have sent them to many friends who have all commented on how lovely they are. Amy's episode... I don't think I'll forget it, ever. Yeah, great. Um, Pete? <laughs> great. No, I, <laughs> I, I do totally agree with you. That is such a good example of how something you've not been through yourself, you were able to resonate so much with your own experience because so many of the symptoms can be really universal. Mm, absolutely. Even if the situations and what we all go through are not. And so, Pete, your most moving episode? I think the most moving one for me would have been episode three with Charles Edison, which focused mainly on addiction, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that, I've, you know, I've, I've had experiences with addiction in the past. Nothing as major as him. I don't think I quite reached that, um, that uh, rock bottom that you right. said that you, that you reached, which could, it's kind of a tricky thing because if you don't reach that thing, you just, sort of, um, you just sort of carry on at the same sort of level and you don't really have that big moment that changes mm-hmm. your life which I think he sort of got to. It was really moving to hear, and obviously being a musician myself, it's something that you are sort of surrounded by, drugs constantly, alcohol, drugs all over the place. When you can't actually get away from that in the workplace, then, you know, it's just it's just terrible. It's um, a slippery slope, isn't it, when yeah, you get to that point? Yeah, it starts off as fun, and then it just becomes a bit of a chore, really. Yeah. And you don't even enjoy it when you're doing it. Some people, you know, it's just a fuel that, you know, just gets them to get to the next gig and to carry on and to go through those sleepless nights and whatever and do like three or four gigs a week. It's one of the only things that can keep you going, you know. So, you know, I've, I've known a few people in my life as well who have, have reached that really bad point with addiction, mm. um, you know, from like recovering from hard drugs. Um, they've, they've never been the same since. But it's really great to hear um, a positive story about, about Charles, you know, sure. and the way he's used the music to actually get through that. And he was just so honest about a lot of it. So it just uh, really resonated with me and a couple of other people that I know have listened to it. So. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And one thing you said there, which is really key, is about getting to that point. Sometimes we need to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. in order to reassess our life and actually get the support. And mm-hmm. that's something that I've noticed with so many of our guests mm-hmm. is that their worst bit was almost always just before they got the help. Absolutely, yeah. That sometimes it has to really get to that point where you can't deny problems any longer yeah. Mm. yeah something has to change for your survival it's like trying to mm-hmm. avoid a blink isn't it where you show you try not to blink it's that burning feeling of just mm. like uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually your body just gives in and it's the reflex of i was going to say something a lot more insightful than that but i think it is a bit of, of survival reflex mm. to an extent i teach my singing students about sort of more advanced breath control we do a lot of work in trying to empty the the lungs completely and get them to the point where they have literally nothing left. They push, 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 and then they can do nothing else but allow their stomach to refill with air, just to show them that their body will breathe for them. You know, they always say, oh, I don't know where I'm going to breathe. I don't know where I need to breathe in this song. It's like, don't worry too much about that. The reason you're having a problem breathing is because you're thinking about breathing. (laughs) Your body's job is to keep breathing. (laughs) So don't worry about that so much. So when I start doing that, it's that feeling of the vacuum. It's like you can't do any more until there's nothing left to do but to fill with air and have that life support, you know? It feels the same principle. Yeah, definitely. And so my one for most moving episode is one of our most recent, Suicide with Johnny Benjamin. And that one, I was actually quite nervous about given the topic because with it being suicide, I knew we had to get that one so right. And coming from a background of working for somewhere like Samaritans, I felt that I had all the the training and the experience to really get that right. And I wouldn't really forgive myself if, if I didn't or if I said the wrong thing. 
the last thing we'd ever want to do here on the podcast is add to stigma when it comes to the topics. There's nothing more life and death than suicide mm-hmm. and doing a whole episode on that. But Johnny was so wonderful in how open he was. And we covered so many broad areas we touched on on other episodes that it worked out as a brilliant end of year episode for us. I think a special commendation should go to Reverend Mark Edwards, MBE, as well. It's obviously really difficult for me to choose a most moving because I, as much as possible, try and be in the feelings with the guests so I can can reflect back to them properly and, and really try and walk that journey again with them. I'm reliving it and it's a lovely way to put it yeah and so it's really difficult to choose but no definitely it may just be that the one with Johnny Benjamin is more recent yeah but the one with Reverend Mark Edwards was so moving Special mention, definitely and particularly for me wanting to adopt one day I'm very acutely aware of what that experience is like for the kids and one of my closest friends was adopted and so I've seen through her as well how much change needs to be made to Mm. the care system. So I was really delighted on a personal level to be able to share that because if it doesn't touch you personally, it's, I think, very easy to not know about because these kids are together in a care home. They're very contained. Mm. And we talked about in the episode how the homelessness rates are higher in that community how the occurrences of mental illness, of suicide can be so much higher. So it's disproportionately underrepresented because often these people are finding it harder to get into work, to get into stable homes. And so they're a voice that isn't heard nearly enough. Yeah, definitely. So personally, that was one where I knew we needed to get that out there, give that a voice. So we'll move on to most empowering episode so i'll give the clipboard back to annie oh my favorite for the empowering category was our student mental health series and it tied in so beautifully with the work on our petition as well um but i particularly loved our episode with emma burdett from real talk theater she runs this company that goes into schools and does performances and what we call forum theater so they pause they say what would you do here are the options what would you like to see you know, acted out, what do you think this character should do? Um, it's a really common uh, It's technique. like choose your own adventure. Yeah, it is. Or like a really common technique in corporate role play. It's like, how do you think we should handle this, you know, sexual harassment claim or something? Mm. Um, and then it plays out. So it's, um, yeah, it was as someone coming from a mental health and theatre background, Emma and I have really bonded over our two shared interests in mental health and theatre and just meeting her and getting to know her and what she's doing and having seen how impactful her work is becoming it just really inspired me to just keep fighting the good fight and keep going on the path that I'm treading yeah she's so delightful she's possibly one of the guests where I felt the rapport with the quickest from the very moment. She's an she, actor. We're very yeah. friendly people. We're very she personable was. people. <laughs> so, no, that's that's a brilliant choice. And it's been so wonderful to be a part of that petition. And mm. so it was a really nice opportunity for us to reflect back on all the progress so far. Sure. Because sometimes we can be in such a hurry to get everything done that we don't actually reflect on progress. Mm. And so having the student mental health series and those two special episodes forced us to be like, oh, we've actually done quite a lot. Yeah, we've done heaps. And also now we've got something to do every September. We know September comes around, it's student mental health time. Yeah, I think that would be a really (laughs) lovely trend. All right, and Pete? So for my choice for the most empowering episode we've done, that would be the musician Fiske, because his story is just so dark, really, when you think about it. The amount of pain that he's been through in, like we said when we were listening back to it the other Mm -hmm. day, the amount of pain that he's been through in the first, say, 20 years of his life is more than most of us will in the rest of ours. Right. And the way I could really relate to how he dealt with that pain by basically not dealing with it, and stuffing it down with substances, alcohol, going out all the time, that sort of thing. I know lots of people that have dealt with grief in a similar sort of way, especially men, you know. We always talk about the male suicide rate, etc. It's very hard for a lot of these big macho guys to deal with these sort of feelings without relying on some sort of substance a lot of the time, if they don't have any sort of output to actually 
talk their feelings through or to or even know how to face those sort of feelings themselves. So a lot of time, it, it's not even a conscious decision. You'll just you'll just numb it with whatever you use. Yeah, it's escapism. Um, so it's just really amazing to see someone come out of it the other side and you know start actually empowering other people by doing his hip hop spoken word events, helping other people in a similar sort of position. Um, it's just amazing to see anyone who's going to put that amount of time and effort into doing something like that is just amazing in my books. So For sure. And we've had so many wonderful examples in our guests of people who have not only had lived experience and shared it so openly, but they found ways to put that into something productive and give back yeah. like we try to here. Um, but I love what you said there about how particularly for men, substances can seem like the answer because mm. when society is encouraging us to push down feelings Mm -hmm. they've got nowhere to go so sometimes it can seem like oh but this will make me forget about it for a little while yeah now i don't have to hassle anyone else with my problems as well so you know that's it but there's no shortcut (laughs) so yeah yeah, it doesn't work it all comes crumbling down a few years later you know whenever you actually have to deal with the problems yeah you know what struck me with his interview was when he said I'm just trying to make the platform that I never had. Exactly, yeah, that's it. So I'm confident so many people are rescued from not getting as bad as he got because of seeing the conversations him and his acts have out on stage. Definitely, and the amount of um, social media sort of coverage of it all as well. So there's a lot of people that are probably just sitting in their home watching that, and it's just helping them get a little bit more empowered to go out and do something. You know, yeah. rather than it might not be the people that actually go to the events, it's just the amount of people that are sharing those videos. So it's, it's a great thing, and he's helping like more and more people than he actually probably realizes. So. 100%. Absolutely. I'm going to go for another really recent one, which I'm beginning to think it might be a bias that because as my interview skills develop, maybe I'm always going to be biased towards the most recent ones. But my choice for most empowering episode is the one from Sophie Savage on resilience. And with her, equally like with Fisky, she's been through so much and she has terminal cancer so that she's going to be going through the experience of having cancer for the rest of her life. And yet when you speak to her, she just glows with enthusiasm and with life and that's something where it really inspires me to be the best version of me that I hope that in my own way I can combat my adversity whether it's mental illness or whatever it is with as much enthusiasm and focus on how can I make this into a positive Mm. I've been through this experience how can I spin that into a skill and not an adversity so she's my choice for that it's a good choice And lastly, we've got most educational episode. So this is potentially the one that we've learned the most from personally or that we found is full of real insight into a condition that may be misunderstood. So Annie, you've chosen... I was going to say Toxic Masculinity by Joe Sutherland, which was amazing. I already knew a lot about toxic masculinity because I'm really interested in feminism But I know it sounds really self-centred to say it, but I think my episode on fibromyalgia was really eye-opening for me. That was the first time that I spoke openly and publicly about my diagnosis without fear and shared it amongst my friends and family and said, this is me, this is who I am, and I don't care what you think of me. And for me, that was the most educational moment that I could possibly have had about myself is that I've had this awful problem for the last 12, 13 years of my life. And then I'm able to turn it around and use it as something to educate and inspire and comfort somebody else. I remember driving back down, actually, just thinking, bloody hell, (laughs) you did it. You know, it was like, so I can't even just, there's no word for it. Like how inspiring it was to see that, that journey in front of me, almost be like a bird's eye view over that journey of, pain and suffering and being miserable and diagnosis and starting the road to recovery and then getting to a point where I could open myself up and say this is me and I'm okay with that right well it's like a form of validation it's I've been through all of this and it's been for something Mm. yeah absolutely 
it's had a, it's it's had a, a positive purpose mm. in the world, which is the this is all I could have ever hoped for is for it to have been turned into something good. I didn't want it to be something that would stay inside me like poison. I wanted it to turn into medicine, like we say in Buddhism. <laughs> turn your poison into medicine. That's what it felt like. Great. And I'm so delighted to have been a part of that. And that's something that many of our guests with the platform that we offer are able to really express something that for many of them, they've spent periods of time actively masking or avoiding talking about. And so yeah. with this podcast, they get to really sum up what they've been through and how it's yeah. changed. And it's been something where a lot of guests have in hindsight told me that they actually now use the podcast as a way to explain their illness or their experience to others. Oh, cool. Um, because it's just a succinct way of being like, here's me explaining it at my very best. Mm. I'm having a bad day today, so aren't able to explain it as well. Yeah, it's yeah. this edited... Mm. <laughs> version of myself <laughs> yeah here's this eloquent version of it and because it's a really conversational style as well like I think a lot of people find it more comforting to listen to rather than just listening to a readout of someone's symptoms yeah or like a know, wikipedia or, page or yeah. yeah that's it so if you can hear any noise in the background listeners the cat seems to be having some sort of emotional meltdown in the next room <laughs> <laughs> well we've had we've recorded a few interviews today and so she's had so many new people she wants some yeah. attention now I think, and now we're lover. leaving her on her own yeah. yeah she's like hang on a minute normally i'm getting attention by now well she's like no one's asking me questions yeah we should interview the oh, where's my podcast <laughs> <laughs> and so What's next pete's? up pete's most educational episode so for my most educational episode it would be johnny benjamin's the main point that I liked about his show was his sort of insight into what it's like to be inside one of the units that sounded very similar to the one that I actually work in. It's very interesting to see what our sort of general behaviour on a staff level, how that actually comes across wow. to to someone that is in that position who's just been dropped into a, into a secure situation with a bunch of other patients that they perhaps have nothing in common with or with varying mental states. So it was just really interesting to see what some of the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis, how those things would come across to someone who is perhaps very paranoid or very scared, mm. very anxious, and how we're probably overstretched a lot of the time. And we can't, we can't spend more than 20 minutes talking to one of the 15, 16 guys on the ward, you know, per day. You know, we, do, we just don't have that much time and we're, we're very stretched. And you may just be busy at the time of day, but that may come across as you not caring to the service user. And it was right. just really interesting to see what that sort of what sort of perspective he had on that sort of environment. For sure. And that's something that for so many people you work with, they're not able to communicate that exactly, necessarily yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah. It was really interesting to see someone who had been through it and had they're now at a later stage of their life and they could reflect on it. So for the last one then, mine for most educational episode, I've chosen the medication one with Olivia Callahan or Self Love Live. That's one that was really important to me when you hear so much negative about medication. I was really keen to do an episode where we talk about medication from both sides. Within the team here, we discussed it as being the medication debate. Mm. Obviously, we weren't going to have something maybe quite as hostile as a debate could be. But I was really keen to get all possible angles of medication pros and cons from someone that's been through many different prescriptions herself. Liv is an absolute delight to speak to anyway and um, taught me a lot about what that experience is like, what the different forms are like, to what extent she had autonomy when dealing with mm. her GP. Yeah. As someone that's never been on medication for mental illness myself, I learned so much there and it was really great to hear how positively that's impacted her life as well. Mm -hmm. Particularly when it can seem like for those that have never had experience of being medicated for mental illness, mm. it can be such a negative focus. And she dealt with some of that in her own life. And so if I'm ever in that position, I now feel I would be more empowered mm. to know what to do, to know how to deal with that specific area of stigma. Yeah. It is such a big part of stigma. When we spoke about medication, I was so relieved because it's the one that comes up for me when talking to friends the most. Mm. They say, I feel really awful. And I say, well, I've had a great experience with medication. Obviously, I appreciate that it's not 
everyone's cup of tea. Like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And I mean, I was one of those people before, but it's the most common thing that comes up is that people don't want to do it because they don't want to look weak or they don't mm. want to ask for help or they feel like they don't deserve medication or it's taking away from somebody else. So I was really relieved. For sure. And so we'll finish up then. We're talking about a few new things for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> so we're super excited to be going into our first full year, having started the podcast in March 2018. So We've got loads of fun things planned, including launching the podcast for the first time on YouTube. So that should be a way that we can reach even more people. Mm -hmm. And we're also playing around with fun ways to try and provide an animation to go along with that as well. Very exciting. At the moment, that's still very up in the air. So I don't know any more than anyone (laughs) what that will look like. But that will be really fun as another way to reach people. In addition to that, we're also going to start hosting live events. So the plan is to host at least four spread out across 2019. And so those will be an opportunity for us to take on certain topics where we need many different opinions. So we're going to have a sort of panel set up in front of a live audience. Each one will be recorded for the podcast, but obviously our hope is that as many listeners as possible can come out to those and experience those conversations in real time firsthand and so we'll be tackling certain topics like money like race like culture like religion certain things where they're really important factors but for us to really do them justice we need many different perspectives absolutely and i'm also looking forward to doing some conditions where we can take things like even the more commonly understood mental illnesses like depression where We all think we know what it is. However, it can affect each of us so differently. And so there, again, having multiple perspectives, I think will be really eye-opening. I'm really looking forward to engaging our audience in different ways in 2019 and really get people opening up and actively talking about mental health. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited for that. It's also going to be the first time we meet listeners en masse. Mm. I know. Uh. So that's going to be a little bit surreal. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're the main two things in terms of 2019. Obviously, you've already seen our new cover artwork, which now includes the delightful Annie Harris. Hello. <laughs> and so hopefully you all really like that. It seems to be popular online so far. Yeah, my mum retweeted it. <laughs> there we go. It's reaching everyone. <laughs> all of 46 followers that she has. <laughs> and of course, we'll be pushing the petition for mental health education ever further. As always, the link for that is in the description for the episode if you haven't already signed it. So the final thing for us to do is have a few thank yous. I'd like to say thank you to you two. And I'd like to say thank you to all of our listeners, because without you, we wouldn't be where we are. I would definitely second that. And also to all the wonderful guests that have been so open and honest on sharing their experience, sharing the podcast with their followings. It's been a delight to see how much it's grown and hear from the listeners of how it's already impacting their life. I'd just like to thank you both for putting this all together and everyone that's listened and all the guests that we've had on um, just for opening up about something that can be really hard to talk about cool thanks team love you guys love you guys (laughs) we hope that you've had a brilliant new year here's to a great 2019 and remember you you are are enough. enough and so to pay us out for this episode here are some bloopers that didn't make the podcast cut would you like a blooper at some point? I think that would be a cute episode. He's working on one. Sick. So in the guest... In the guest? In the episode. In the guest. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so... Double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. There's the saying. There it is. Come through. Double-ended dildo. <laughs> um, Eight. This happened when I was nine. This happened. <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie. So... <laughs> I am Pete. I'm singing a song for Pete. Hello, Pete. Lovely Pete with a beard. I'm just going dry. All right, yeah, continue your story. And they had like regular condoms and then like large condoms. And then in the middle, they had trim, trim size, oh. not small, trim size condoms. I Fun was like, size. oh, hun, I love that you have to call them trim. Like, oh, bless. Um, and things like man size Kleenex tissues. It's like, how are they like 
any oh anyway i could talk about this for a while and it's irrelevant but we won't settle for the flimsy thin little <laughs> tissues so stupid this is like do you have like bigger noses i mean like yes slightly but not enough to warrant the double size of a tissue no i'm on a point i promise um once when i was at a nightclub about four years ago i was really really drunk and there was no toilet paper so i wiped my mouth my, my, with a <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so grim that's definitely going it was in. grim <laughs> do not um okay i think we should just keep that whole goodbye spiel in i thought that was funny <laughs> just, just have a super sloppy goodbye on the episode where it's the hosts doing it bye 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 <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> Thank you for listening. For a list of our recommended resources, visit mentalpodcast.co.uk. And remember, we are in no way a substitute for qualified counselling or other mental health support. Our show is edited and produced by the brilliant Pete Murta with licensed music by NetSky. Links in the description. Speak to you next Thursday. And remember, you are enough. <laughs>